<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Work and Life Harmony with Coach Kim Betty and my main man, Herman Curry, mixing motivation and music. How's it out in sunny California? It is sunny. It's perfect in the fall because it's like beautiful midday, cooler in the morning, cooler in the evening, but like you have a few good hours of like sunny 70, 80 yeah. in the valley anyway. So it's really yeah. cool. You all have to catch the behind the scenes. Herman and I get together on Wednesdays and do a pre-production meeting. Everybody's like, share the behind the scenes. And so Herman shared a lot and I can't wait because I'm so fascinated. You're living in Toronto now, you were in Windsor and you're from Detroit, but you shared with me things I didn't know about your, you know, being raised in the projects basically. And then, you yeah. know, with Diana Ross and Stevie Wonder. So I'm not going to give that away, but I can't wait to share that. One of my clients set a goal. I need to get more sleep. So she says, help, I need to get more sleep at night. And so that's our podcast topic. I titled it Sleeping Beauty, also known as the beauty of restorative sleep. And I'm so excited that a client wanted that as their goal. Don't you think that's pretty, I mean, you could pick a goal for anything. And she's actually a client. I coach the leader and leadership. And then she's one of the team members that I also coach. You know, you may think that sleep, that sleep really has more to do with life, but in all actuality, it definitely has to do with work because if you're exhausted, it's going to impact your performance. So it is that it's also going to impact your relationships. You'll be irritable. You know, you might fall asleep on someone. Um, the whole and... day, your whole day is actually turned sideways when you don't have enough sleep. You might not be able to get that loving feeling going at night with your spouse. So and sleep. You, might, you, you might not pick up on cues and clues that you're used to tuning into that you that go straight over your head because you haven't got enough rest. That is so true. But I've always been a, a person who cherish the eight, nine hour sleep. Okay. Uh, being a musician became a bit of a challenge because mus musicians keep late hours. You know, you pay, play the gig and then you go pay, play in the after hour place until, you know, mm. four, six, five, six in the morning. Still always got my eight hours of sleep. Oh, I also want us to really begin to help people decide, are they sleepy or are they fatigued from burnout? Now, getting better sleep is going to help you either way. But if you find that you're doing all these things already and you don't have any health issues as it relates to getting the quality of sleep, then you are burned out. We got to do some <laughs> other things about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's going to take changing your mindset or something about your work environment. Right. I did an interview behind the scenes, you know, with two experts that are also dear friends. Uh, you're going to hear the experts talk about one of the things that you can do is start to relax and decompress and wind down. music can help with that. So play us a little bit of wind down music as intro to Dr. Gina's clip. Okay, here we go. So what are we hearing? This is called Just To Be. And it's, it's sort of mixed, a mixture of sort of synthesized sounds and also the live saxophone, uh, making the, the, the plea of it just to be. Mm. Dr. Gina 
is uh, the founder of the Prevent Clinic. She has a private practice in Texas, but also a telemedicine practice. She predicts and prevents heart attacks and strokes. I love it. Hey, Kim. Hey, how blessed am I that my client actually had a goal set to get more sleep? I mean, you think of all the, you know, goals that people can set, it was to get more sleep. So that was super exciting. She actually texted me. She said, guess who turned off Netflix last night and went to bed early like we agreed? You know, I was like, (laughs) a few things about sleep that I run into on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis in, in working with my patients is myths. I would just say one thing that I think is very important is especially in keeping with uh, work-life harmony, right? We, in the back of our minds, it might not even be conscious, like we may not say it, but in the back of our minds, we think about got to grind it out. If we really want to succeed in this life, you got to work hard and play hard and sleep is on the back burner because you can sleep when you're dead, right? These are things people say all the time. And yet you will be dead earlier, Uh, if you don't get sleep now, because it will shorten your life. It's that important. Um, We know increased risk, not even risk, increased incidence of cognitive decline, meaning, okay, maybe you're doing great today. You are working at a high level, performing at a high level. But if you don't get high quality and the quantity of sleep that you need, then when you start to say, I don't know if I'm just losing my keys more often because of my age, or I don't know if I'm starting to lose it. Even sometimes I'll see people that say, um, like our engineers or mathematicians, and they're like, I just really can't do my formulas and my work like I used to. Is that just to be expected? And many times it's because the place that people are cutting corners is in not putting sleep at the high, high priority that it demands, absolutely demands. Wow. So for one, we want to smash that myth yeah. um, that, that it's not that important because it is of utmost mm-hmm. importance for so many things. If you want to continue to function at a high level, you must get adequate sleep. Physically, for one, it, when an individual isn't getting adequate sleep or isn't getting high, either high quality sleep or enough sleep, then um, one, it's very difficult to lose weight. In fact, remember our friend, Dr. Kirk Parksley, the sleep doctor, talking about his work with the Navy SEALs, some of the most fit individuals on the planet, uh, gaining some fat tissue and having trouble holding on to muscle mass when their sleep started to um, fail, when they weren't getting adequate sleep. And it wasn't for lack of working out uh, or for sure. So Hmm. for one, it's hard to look the way you want or be as healthy as you want in terms of your body composition. And to make matters worse, these hormones in our body change unfavorably for us. Meaning whenever you feel like you want to eat the unhealthy food or snack all day long when you haven't slept well the night before, or think about when we were in college and we would study all night long, pulling on ladder and we were just doing coffee and donuts and 
you know, hot dogs or whatever we could eat the next day because it just seemed like we were so hungry and wanted all the junk. It's truly the hormones out of whack that are um, working against you from not getting adequate sleep at night because at night there's something called the glymphatic system in our nervous mm. system that actually cleanses the brain. And um, when that occurs in adequate amounts, then the next day we feel more refreshed. We have a po more positive outlook our body works better. We know that inflammation, which can be measured on blood work in a variety of tests, is the driver of all diseases that none of us want. Cancer, mm -hmm. dementia, diabetes, heart disease, heart attack, stroke, mm -hmm. etc. The impetus moving towards that is inflammation. And it's that cleansing process during the night when we're getting adequate sleep, those inflammatory markers go down. Obviously, sometimes there can be some other contributors as well, but it, it, let's say everything else is treated, so to speak. You have an okay. infection. Okay. You've got that treated. Now that's gone. So inflammation's gone down. It's your inflammation still won't normalize unless you get this adequate sleep on a regular basis. We really do need eight hours of sleep. Uh, and there's really very few people in the world that have a genetic predisposition to be healthy on less than eight hours a night. What I like to uh, coach my patients toward or help them set goals towards mm -hmm. is honestly to be in the bed for nine hours mm -hmm. so that you can spend an hour getting in the habit of decreasing stimulation, disconnecting from the world disconnecting from light, disconnecting from the stressors, disconnecting from the TV and noise. And, and so if you can allow yourself to start going to bed an hour earlier and leave the phone, you know, across the room. Um, okay. And most importantly, we need plenty of REM, deep and REM sleep. And that can be easily monitored now with a lot of these wearable devices like uh, Aura Ring or a BioStrap, even the Apple Watch and things uh, can give us some, okay. you know, it depends on which one as to how much details you get about sleep, but most of them can tell us at least the stages of sleep. So if earlier in the day you had set aside time and it's best to do this at your peak performance time during the day, keep this to-do list going. Not one that it's like when I get everything checked off, I can feel success. You're not planning on doing it that day. It's just that will help you when you wake up in the middle of the night or you can't go to sleep at night to go, oh, because I did, you know, I got to remember to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's on the list. Oh yeah. It's I on the list. Love that. And then you might make another column or you might have another piece of paper and put on there uh, your to worry about list, because mm -hmm. that's the other thing that will keep you up at night. You'll uh, not be able to go to sleep or you'll wake up. And that's when the weight of the world seems to uh, be at its worst. Say it's on the list because you're going to be mm -hmm. able to tackle that stressor list or that worry list much more effectively. Come up with some great new strategies to try to solve that problem or try to intervene in that problem in the middle of the day, when you can spend some time on it and you can function well, not in the middle of the night. I love that. I had a thought, you know, how we say too blessed to be stressed. Like I need my rest too much to be stressed. <laughs> Kim, you know, you love to speak about and encourage dreams. And one of the 
favorite times we had together was your process of building a hundred dreams topic for another day, because you and I both love that topic, but it's another list that people listening to us can keep going on it on the, in their book or on their desk. We've got our list of to do's. Okay. It's on the to-do list. I'm not going to worry about it in the middle of the night. Uh, and then if you wake up and worry about something, okay, it's on my worry list. So I'm not going to worry about it tonight. I'm going to get back with a fresh rested brain and think about that tomorrow when I can come up with some fresh new ideas and then keep your dream list going too, because dreams in that same notebook or on your desk in the same place. And then at night, when you wake up and you move away from the to do's and the to worries, start thinking Mm -hmm. about that dream, but maybe one that's coming up or one that you're planning for. Um, not again, to try to solve, how am I going to accomplish this, but just see yourself experiencing that dream. If you dream to go to the ocean, for example, then you can say, yes, it's going to happen. So right now Mm -hmm. I'm just going to lay about lay here and think about the way those waves will sound when I'm on the beach and the way that sand is going to feel under my feet when I'm on the beach. And it will take your mind to that restful place. And before you know it, you'll be back asleep again. Yes. This is a strategy I just learned about recently. Um, So a lot of people, again, that, that struggle with stressing during the night, maybe they can't get to sleep or they go to sleep and then they wake up and then they can't get back to sleep or whatever. Another strategy is to keep the clock somewhere where you cannot see it and set an alarm for the time you want to get up the next morning. Because what keeps us up a lot of times at night, besides the light in our eyes from the clock, or you are looking at your phone or whatever. Don't, don't look at the phone. Um, you don't want to know what time it is. Know that your alarm is set and your alarm will wake you up. And so it doesn't matter if you, cause a lot of people go, oh, I've only got two more hours to sleep. I've got to get back to sleep. Or, you know, the more the night goes on, it's closer to waking up. They don't know whether to get up or go back to sleep. Just know that your alarm is going to go off and don't worry what time it is. Or maybe even if you have one of those um, devices where you can set it to play some soothing music, something Mm -hmm. very calming, but Mm -hmm. that it'll go off in 30 minutes or something like that. Maybe have that on, Uh, Mm -hmm. but don't worry about what time it is. That's one of the ways to get back to sleep. I think it's one of the harder behaviors to change. It's um, you know, a lot of people kind of start to shudder at the word discipline or accountability or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, and some of the myths we talked about earlier, they see sleep as lazy or whatever. Anyway, once mm-hmm. you start to change your mindset though, it's a gift you give yourself. And when you start to see improvement in your performance and improvement in your outlook in life, being less cranky, less moody, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, then you you just like can't wait to get in bed an hour early and get that good night's sleep because you know what a different person it makes you. It's a gift to yourself for sure. Very interesting that your your daily functionality is dictated by how well you're rested. It really dawned on me because obviously I was having my aha moments when I was talking to her, but the newest aha moment is how we set up sleep in the first place. Like, oh, you have to go to bed or 
you put the kid in the timeout in their bedroom, or right. you better turn that TV off. And we get this rebellious spirit. So I think if I, cause see, I'm not like you. I am one that needs to get more sleep because I'm a natural born night owl. Well, I don't know if I was born that way, but my mother worked midnights. When she finally went to work for, she was home with me. She finally went to work. She worked midnight so she wouldn't miss anything with, mm-hmm. you know, me. And so I would stay up with her late at night. So I just got kind of wired to be a night owl. Our fun time was in the middle of the night, but I'm also an early bird. I want to get things done and, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, lazy about it. So it leaves me with no sleep, but it's almost this rebellion in me when I get to stay up when everybody else is asleep Mm. and watch TV or journal or do whatever I want to do. So we have to think of it, like she said, as a gift as opposed to punishment, you know, second interview that we're going to have with Dr. Beard in regards to the importance of breathing and your oxygen flow while you are asleep or really awake as well, but sleep mm-hmm. specifically we're talking about. But before we do, Herman, give us some relaxing, soothing music. Dr. Bruce Beard who is a dentist, um, he has a practice, Complete Health Dentistry of Woodland Hills, and he's going to talk about the quality of sleep. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I was able to stop by and catch you on your lunch break, so to speak. So thank okay. you, Dr. Beer. Oh, good. I love that my client actually had a goal set to get more sleep. I mean, talking about quantity of sleep, but then there's also quality of sleep. Many people have uh, a shortness of breath or short, uh, smaller airway or some reason that they cannot uh, adequately oxygenate their system. And if their tongue is not in the proper place, it can actually obstruct the airway and you get snoring. Or again, these, this lack of oxygen, oftentimes called sleep yeah. apnea. You get mm-hmm. these apneic events, which are t- times when your uh, oxygen level drops so low that you end up gasping to try to catch your breath. These apneic events over a period of time can wear out your internal organs and, and, and really have bad effect on Alzheimer's, on cancers, on kidney disease, uh, on heart disease. And the problem is, is that uh, you really need a dentist to identify this or some type of image, uh, a CT image, which shows the throat. Uh, and interestingly, People come in with headaches. They grind their teeth or clench their teeth at night, oftentimes because they're fighting these apneic events. In the in the dental office, we're taking a look to see what the size of the tongue is, how the tongue affects the uh, the airway or how it fits within the teeth. We look at teeth to see if they're being ground down or flattened because you're trying to grind to compensate for lack of oxygen. There's many different ways that we can identify this. Thank you, Dr. Beer. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very, very insightful. Uh, Dentists uh, have gone to that point where they, they, you know, they want to be involved in, in, in in total health rather than just the, 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 the dentistry. It was very interesting because Dr. Gina says, make sure that you're not only living a life of grinding and Dr. Beard is saying, make sure that you're not in there in the bed grinding. So (laughs) that aha word for me is about grind. I'm going to be really consciously (laughs) thinking about that. So now we're trying to distinguish between sleepiness 
and fatigue. And when I'm going to be talking about fatigue, it's not from a physiological issue of fatigue. It's from burnout fatigue. But first, let's start with this Epworth sleepiness scale. And here's a few questions. Um, and it says, how likely are you to doze off or fall asleep in the following situations in contrast to just feeling tired? And zero would be, I would never doze off. One would be, there's a slight chance of me dozing. Number two, moderate chance of dozing and high chance of dozing. So while sitting and reading, while watching TV, while just sitting in a public place, like a theater or a meeting or you know, <laughs> something like that, right? As a passenger in a car for an hour without a break, lying down to rest in the afternoon, sitting and talking to someone, oh, they distinguish that, sitting quietly after lunch without alcohol in a car while stopped for a few minutes in the traffic. And I will tell you, that's always been my gauge where this is too much, Kim, you need to get some real sleep because- <laughs> I'll be at the red light and I'll fall asleep. I've never fallen asleep driving, but I'll fall asleep at the red light or I have fallen asleep standing up sometimes. It's like standing there and like, I'm like, so that's an indicator of sleepiness. Yeah, right. And so if you don't have those factors and you're not sleepy, then one of the things you want to begin to ask yourself is, is this burnout fatigue? Um, and you can ask yourself, do I strongly agree, agree, disagree, or strongly disagree? So things like there are days when I feel tired before I even arrive at work. Mm -hmm. Like, are you dreading going to work? You're gripping that car steering wheel or you're in the subway. I was in New York for a while and you're like, if I could just turn this thing around, you know, mm -hmm. that's one. After work, I tend to need more time than in the past in order to relax and feel better. So no matter what you do, you don't have that energy during work I often feel emotionally drained so while you're there you're drained after work I have enough energy for my leisure activities you can ask yourself or after work I usually feel worn out and weary and then the last one is when I work I usually feel energized and those are just a few there's 16 and you can go on my website kimbetty.com go subscribe and I'll send you the link to the assessment work you can get in a sweet spot of a zone and it's like you whistle while you work. You forget time flies when you're having oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. And that's the yeah. optimal state. And if you're not enjoying those good feelings and vibes from work, then it's something you need to fix. And you can, I've, I've, I've seen it happen before where you can, and there's two things that you're going to either do. You're going to fix your mindset about it. You're going to adopt some measures that, you know, you kind of get a life and add some components into your life that will give you that energy and, and that engagement or, and that's why I was starting with the manager and the premier podcast episode, because you've got to fix the systems. Right. And there's a lot of things. And I'll talk more about that systematically, what you can do to get your organization more optimal for people's performance. Cause look at the end of the day, the leader wants you to perform, but if a person is having sleep deprivation they're not, as Dr. Gina said, going to be able to cognitively perform and problem solve. And if you're sleepy and drowsy and you don't have that energy to do that, or if you're burned out, which is now, according to the World Health Organization, a classification of an issue. So if work or life has you so beat down that you can't function in your energy, then that's a problem too. And there's some things that we can do. So there is hope. Are you going to play us some music on the way out? Yeah, a little, little outgo music here. 
much for hanging out with me, Herman. Oh, indeed, indeed. Learned a lot of new stuff and made some good connections uh, from uh, Dr. Beard and Dr. Gina. You can listen to the EP and stay in touch with Herman by going to Everywhere Music Goes. You can follow him on Facebook. He's on iTunes and Spotify. Stay connected with me at Coach Kim Betty on social media and then my website, KimBetty.com. Please join the mailing list.